Welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stoop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Men and Hoodies podcast. It is another banger for you. Last week we went over the AFC South, and I think we can all agree that the Texans are not going to be good, right? Is that what we decided? I mean, they're not going to be amazing, but I think they'll be better than a four-win team. You think so, Brent? They're definitely better than a four-win team. Well, we'll see how the year turns out. But this week, we're discussing the NFC South, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm hyped. I got my Falcons shirt, Falcons socks, Falcons cup, Falcons towel. I am absolutely ready to go. But first, got to get into this huge debate that's going on in the NFL and really the sports world is a ton of NFL running backs are upset because they're not getting paid the amount of money that they think they should. Roman, tell us about the situation, exactly what is going should, on in the media right should now. We, should we address an elephant in the room real quick just before we get going? If you hear any of God's beautiful creation, um, we are all together. We are outside surrounding a pool, um, which is also why you can't see Jake's Falcons memorabilia. Um, we're all just, you know, together, I guess, today in a we're sense. But we're, yeah, we're vibing. So if you hear a little bit of echo or if you hear cicadas, we're working on it. But we wanted to test something out because we won't all be together for very much longer. So we wanted to try we wanted to try something out real quick. We're all Sure. Right here in that nature wilderness, baby. This yeah. is lit. There we go. There we go. Hey, this so we just running back. Of all time. <laughs> Absolutely. Roman, tell us about this situation with the NFL. Well, running backs are, as we know, the most undervalued position in the NFL right now. Whether that be right or wrong is up to you. But basically, they all, they all got franchise tagged because none of these teams want to pay them long-term deals. I don't know if it's uh, any more complicated than that. We can, of course, go into our opinions about that, I guess, right now. But that's, that's yeah. what's going on. There's, it's not really an elaborate thing. Uh, Pollard, uh, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs, though, are the main three backs in discussion here because all three of them were pursuing long-term deals, more so Barkley and Jacobs, but again, like I just said, all three of them got the franchise tag. Josh Jacobs is holding out a training camp. Is Barkley doing that too? I'm not 100% sure. I he don't think he's to. holding out. Barkley's not holding out? Well, I don't think Pollard really cares because he's never made $10 million in his life. I think he made under a million last season. So I think he's cool for now, but and did some Pollard good work. and Jacobs are looking for that payday. Yeah, that, that's uh... good. And let's just go over some of the backlash that the NFL has been receiving in the media. Derrick Henry, running back for the Tennessee Titans, just said, take the running back out of the game. Austin Eckler, arguably the best two-way running back in the league as a wide receiver and a running back, said, this is one of the most important positions in the game. Everybody knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and they act like we are discardable widgets. Tough say there for Austin Eckler. Jonathan Taylor says, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you'll boost an organization. And then – it doesn't matter. You're a running back, so we're going to cut you. All that build up just to get cut. Final one, Christian McCaffrey said this is criminal. As Roman was talking about Pollard, Saquon, and Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey commented on them saying this is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. Brent, start us out. A lot of opinions. 
are surf for surfacing right now on the internet. What exactly is your take? Are running backs overreacting, or is this a valid question for them? Hold up, hold up, Frank. Can I can I talk? Can I come front of you for a second? Yeah, you made a noise. Did Christian McCaffrey just say that running backs, running backs are the best position in the league, the best players in the league, regardless of position. That is one of the most asinine things I've ever heard. But Frank, he said go ahead. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard are three of the best players in the entire league. <laughs> Frank, please go. Great thoughts, baby. I. Listen, I I feel like every position is important in its own way, obviously. Like, you can't play – I think the only position where you could kind of say you don't need it in football at this point is the tight end. Um, but other than – I think that I, you could rework the tight end position and it could still be – you could be fine. Like, Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver is almost the same thing. But that's a different story for a different day. But – I feel like obviously every position is important in its own way. So I think that there's obviously every position deserves to be, I guess, treated fairly in its own sense. Um, as far as the running backs go, really, like, I don't know what happened. They had a Zoom meeting yesterday, I think, all of the, I guess, important running backs. I don't know how you got invited to that or what you had to do, but I'm sure not every running back was there, just the important ones. Um but what was talked about on that, I'm not sure. But I don't really know what they can do. I'm going to be honest. Like, this is a situation where they're, there's not really a winning formula here. Like, what are you going to do? Are all 32 of the best running backs in the NFL just going to say we're not going to play this year? No. It's not like that's not going to happen. So, like, what's the end game? Sure, some of them will sit out, but guys like Saquon, like, I really don't know if at the end of the day he's willing to sit out because I've seen lots of things where he's talking and he's like, I really don't want to have to turn my back on my guys. Like, I'm a very loyal guy. I don't want to have to sit out, especially if it comes to something like money. But I also know what I'm worth, and I don't want it I don't want it to have to come down to that at the end of the day. So I don't know, like, where the line is for these guys, but especially on the short term, I don't know if there's anything that can be done as far as, like, this year or next year. This is kind of a down-the-line kind of thing to me. Uh, I saw that they got this group chat, this text group going on, discussing uh, <laughs> their transparencies with the NFL, I guess. I don't really know how much good it's going to do because the NFL CBA that was put in place not too long ago doesn't expire until 2030. So until then, I think the running backs are just kind of stuck in the situation they're in right now. And obviously guys like Saquon and Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard because of how short a running back's prime is, uh, you can imagine that none of those players will end up benefiting from a potential new CBA that ends up benefiting running backs in terms of getting them new contracts and higher salaries and whatnot. I have an opinion on this, though, overall, because, I mean, guys like Saquon and Josh Jacobs are obviously great football players and they present tremendous value to their team. There's no way around that. And particularly with Saquon, I'm like, I wouldn't mind the Giants giving him a new deal, a long-term extension, because let's just be honest, Saquon is a very dynamic player, and no one that the Giants are going to get is going to be able to replicate what Saquon Barkley does to that football team. Saquon Barkley is the player in that offense. I mean, he, he catches the ball out of the backfield. He obviously is the tailback on all three downs. 
mean, even a guy like Josh Jacobs, who's a great runner of the football, doesn't present a lot in the receiving game most of the time. But Saquon is someone that is an elite guy in the passing and the running game. So I think all of all three of those guys, Saquon is by far the most justifiable to give a new deal. And I do find it a little weird that he did end up getting uh, at least another contract extension. They just elected to give him franchise tag, which is just over $10 million. It's $10,000. It's $10 million. $91,000, obviously not a very high salary there for if you're talking about you know, the elite guys in the league. But at the same time, you can't blame the teams for operating this way because the running backs are bar, they're by far the most replaceable position in the NFL. Yep. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl with a guy that was just drafted in the sixth round previous to who was going to give them at least two to three more years of yep. good record back play, I imagine, and he falters off, they're going to find somebody else in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Aaron Jones is the guy that was drafted in the fourth round. I mean, the running back used to be the feature position in the NFL. Most teams used to be built around this big-time tailback that was the bell cow, and the whole offense revolved around him, and he didn't a good of a quarterback. I mean, no wonder the Vikings gave up all they did to get Herschel Walker back in the day. Obviously, they didn't really work out for him, but that's the reason why they did it, because Herschel Walker was someone that you could build around as that big-time tailback. We're just not in that era anymore. So it's a tough reality for the running backs playing today because if you don't present something very unique to the table, you're just not going to get a long-term extension more likely than not. It's unfortunate, but I can't really blame for you know doing business that way. It's, there's really nothing anyone can do about it. I mean, the NFL – and correct me if I'm wrong, has never operated as a family. It seems like even dating back to the 90s and early 1000s when they first got presented with the CTE case, all of them were saying, no, 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 CTE is not real. You know, there are no helmet injuries that can be caused long-term due to crashes on the football field. And even then, they could see that clearly they, – they clearly could see that there were issues with the game, but they weren't willing to fix them because it's a business. Since the beginning, the NFL has operated as a business. So if I'm the running backs, I'm in this business. And while they are a very important position, we also have to keep in mind how much the game has evolved. Like Roman said, back in the day, you had so many guys like of Herschel Walker, who that was the main guy on the team. You're running the ball two times every series, uh, every, every down. And you know what I'm talking about. Uh, multiple, even double digits sometimes in a series. We live in today's world where average scoring for a guy like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs when he's on the field is over 30 points a game. You know, like that's kind of the NFL that we're used to nowadays. There isn't that much of a need for the NFL running back like there was in the past. So if I'm these teams, I can totally understand why they're giving quarterbacks Lamar Jackson $52 million a year, Jalen Hurts $51 million a year. And then you go down to the running back salaries, and the highest one is Christian McCaffrey at $16 million, Alvin McCarrick. Alvin Kamara at 15 mil, Derrick Henry at 12.5. Like, you have these guys that are not going to last long term. The NFL is a business. Why would you pay a guy like Saquon Barkley? And in my opinion, why would you even pay him compared to a guy like Daniel Jones? Because Saquon Barkley can maybe give you four to five years. Daniel Jones can be playing into his thirties, maybe even to his 40s. You don't know if you have a franchise quarterback or not. But why, why wouldn't you take a chance on Daniel Jones rather than paying a guy like Saquon Barkley? It just doesn't mix for me. I would totally rather pay other positions than the running back because, I mean, like that guy posted on Twitter, 
it sucks, but why don't you get a running back, give him the franchise tag twice, and then draft a new one? I hate it for these guys and the humanity of it all, but the NFL has never been about that. It's a business. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is a great example to use there because I don't think Daniel Jones was worthy of the extension that he ultimately got from the job. But I think your point remains valid just the same. Yeah. I mean, running back, I'm not going to call it the least valuable position in the league, but it's by far the most replaceable position. You still need a running yeah. back to win football games. Obviously, you still need somebody in the backfield to take carries because you can't pass every down. But there are just so many guys in the NFL that can at least play the position comparably well. Yeah, There are at least guys that can reliably give you three to four yards of a carry that costs absolutely nothing. The average salary for an NFL running back is like $1 million for a reason because you just don't see these guys getting extended to long-term deals because it's unnecessary. They don't really need to do that. Yep. These teams don't need to do that because they're just replaceable. And I think the point you got you brought up a second ago is also playing a big part in this, the rise – of the dual threat quarterback because those guys are presenting a lot more value in the running game as well. Guys yep. like a Lamar Jackson, guys like a Jalen Hurts, guys like a Kyler Murray, whether you want to admit it or not. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, all yeah. those guys. Yeah. And when you got those guys in the league, on top of the fact that running backs, good ones at least are a dime a dozen, essentially, you can't exactly justify – these guys getting mad at the fact they're not going to extend it. They have to know how the business works at this point. They have to understand the business they're getting themselves into. Yep. I mean, again, unless you're somebody like Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey or someone that's just a revolutionary player and can present a different challenge for defenses that the running back position typically doesn't provide, you're just not going to you're just not going to get a long-term deal. There's just no way around that. And what makes me happy is because we can see the future of what it'll look like to get paid as a running back. Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back right now. And man, he can catch the ball. I think that guys like Bijan Robinson have a bright future. Talking about the Falcons because they're talking about lining him up all over the field. He is more preserved when you're talking about long-term because he's not getting hit every single down like he would be if he was at the straight tailback position, like guys like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and even a guy like, Saquon as well. I know Saquon can be used out of the backfield in many ways, but he is a bruiser as well. James Conner, Miles Sanders, those guys, right? Yeah, check downs I think need to be utilized way more than they already are because these guys just can't last very long in the current NFL. That's yeah. just a, that's just the position they play, though. Like, like it, it all like their longevity really is due to the position they play. Like that, they sign themselves up for five to six years of success, yeah. and then they get dropped off for for no regard at all, so. Yeah. Brent's standing in a dark corner right now (laughs) under a tree. Damn. I moved. I was laying down for a second, but then I was like, I don't know what I'm laying in. It's dark out, so now I'm standing up. That's okay. Well, as long as you can predict the NFC South later, it's not going to be an issue. There you go. Final question regarding the running back contract dispute. The three guys that were left out of the extensions, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley. If you had to give one of these guys an extension, let's say for $15, $15 million, who are you picking? Which three? Which one of the three? I'm going Barkley. I think Jacobs yeah. is the best player of these three, but Barkley simply offers the most in terms of both the running game and the passing game. He's going to provide you with the best opportunity to 
provide long-term value to your team. Again, the running back position is very frugal. Their primes aren't very long. Uh, a typical NFL running back career is like three years. So it's uh, it kind of has slim pickings here, but I would go Barkley. I agree with everything Roman said, but since he already gave the right answer, I'm going to say Barkley because he's from Penn State. Oh, <laughs> uh, Brett, that's funny. And you, But you would go Barkley too, so. I mean, based on a talent perspective, I like Barkley a lot. Um, thing is, he just can't stay healthy, man. He's had that's two not... seasons. He's had two seasons where he's played 16 games, but that's not other fault. than that, in, a, in three seasons, he played 28, and they're 16 that's to 17 a year. Fault. It's of course getting hurt's not your fault, but man, it's it was the if you're injury fault. prone, you're injury prone. You know, you forget um, who he, he who he had. I, mean, I don't know. He stayed healthy last year under. First year head coach Brian Dable, perhaps. I was about to say, you forget who his coach was the first yeah. couple of years. You can't deny that he, from a talent perspective, I would take Saquon as well. I know that he is injury prone, but as y'all said, y'all kind of fueled my fire a little bit. Having a new coach under Brian Dable and that offense working, I mean, they beat the Vikings in the wild card. I mean, we can totally see how this could work next year and he could continue to stay healthy. So I, I would definitely go Saquon. But however, Josh Jacobs was a leading rusher last year. He was cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was absolutely cold. Really clutch in that uh, Seahawks game as well. Shut up. If, if the Raiders were in contending team, I'd probably go Jacobs. For the fact that not, so. But the fact that they – But no slight to Tony Pollard either. No, yeah, slight to Tony uh, Pollard. He, does, he does not compare. Million yet. He's, yeah. He does not compare to Saquon or Josh Jacobs yet. He's the only smart one, though, to take his franchise tag. I think that's that's very important that he, he is willing to do that, which I think is cool. Yeah. Another thing I think we need to ask is, do we think that any of these guys are going to end up holding out? We know Jacobs is holding out right now, but do you think he's no. going to stick with that? I don't think Barkley will end up holding out either. This will blow over. I, I believe it will. I mean, yeah, you're, you're still getting $10 bucks. That's eventually going to settle on, at some point. $10 million. Like, are, really? Why are we – if you're a running back, why are you comparing – just take ten million dollars. I mean, you can live off that, you know. Because Everybody else is living off less, way Bro, less than that. If any of us got ten million dollars right now, we would, not, we would not have to work a day in the rest of our lives. I would want take to work. Well, I said we wouldn't have to. <laughs> right. They, Whether they, you want to is your choice. But if any of us got ten million dollars right now, we would not have to work a day for the rest of our lives if yep. we didn't want to. Mr. Beast. People fight their whole lives to even be a millionaire, and this guy, these guys are literally complaining that they're making ten million a year, and they could literally do that right now, and they're not. Like, I just don't understand it. I think they just need to take their money. That's what they think they're worth. And also, let's just think of the fact that the running back position is arguably nothing more than a product of the offensive line and how good it's playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's valid. Yeah, I think it is. Any other thoughts on the uh, running back situation before we get to uh, one of the worst divisions in the NFL? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm I'm, glad I'm hoping that the running backs that get get slightly better treatment with these contracts in the future because I still think it's worth exploring perhaps extensions that are worth less money. Like if you're able to get to a point where guys are eventually signing three to four year deals for like twelve million a year, I think that's still a pretty decent spot for these backs, but. Right now, the situation is a bit of a mess that can hopefully get resolved sooner rather than later. Absolutely. I think we can all hope for the best here, wanting to see these guys on the field 
ASAP. Who cares if they get their money from an entertainment perspective? We want to see Saquon Pollard and Josh Jacobs back on the field. Hey, that's a, that's a cold take, man. It's just true. I mean, do you care if a guy's making a million dollars if you get to watch him every Sunday? You know, like if he if he delivers on the field, so be it. Also, let's let's keep in mind these guys are like high level athletes. They're making more than ten million. They've also got incentives, and they've also got brand deals. And like, taxes. I don't think the franchise tags have incentives, though. And taxes. Well, of course, taxes take a little bit of it, but I mean, these guys are making, out of New York. Take a lot. These guys of are it. making a ton of money from brand deals, though. Like if Saquon, if Saquon makes ten million a year, I more like like he's probably getting like four or five. And and not only that, all of them should start a podcast and they'd be making bank too. Like that's all you got to do. That's what Draymond no. did. Because he was scared he makes... wasn't going to get that contract, so he started no, a podcast. Because then that makes what we do less special. Because <laughs> if everybody does a podcast, then what's the point of having a podcast if everybody just talks about what they do? That's kind of pretty much how it is right now. But Real quick, how do we really feel about is. the Schneider finally selling the Commanders? That's a big story in the sports world as well. It's a rebrand. It's a re- I don't know what's going to happen. I hope they change their name. I like the logo. I like the logo and the color scheme. I don't like the name. That's the only critique I have. I was more so just asking, like, how does it feel to finally have the most toxic owner in football out of the league? <laughs> Go back to the Redskins. That's facts. I, I'm not as into the NFL owners. I just want them to change their name back. <laughs> I did. Well, too. Like before, Dan Snyder owned the team. Washington was like one of the most, one of the proudest organizations in the entire NFL. Because their name was yeah. the Redskins. Fan twenty years, they quickly became one of the laughing stocks of the league because mm-hmm. Dan Snyder had FedEx Field falling apart. Bruce Allen controlled the team for only God knows how long, despite all the shady stuff that he was doing behind the scenes. And, you know, we all saw the email exchanges he had with John Gruden. It, it just yeah, wasn't the good. culture of Washington. We don't need to get into it right now, but yeah. I'm just glad about that. that. That seems to be over. I forgot yeah, about for that. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and get to the NFC South. The lineup is Tampa Bay, and then you got New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, and Atlanta Falcons bringing up the rear. It, in the order it is, I don't know about the record, though, but that's what we're going to get into. Roman, kick us off here first. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks. Lead us down this depth chart. Tell us what we need to look for. Just some quick thoughts overall on the NFC South before I get into the Bucks, Jake, I'm sorry. I know you take pride in your team and the teams that you play within your division, but I think there's a realistic scenario where this can end up being the worst division in NFL history. Me too. I it's agree. A, it's, uh, it's just not looking great. All, three of these, all four of these teams are pretty bad overall, and regardless of who makes it, it's probably not going to be deservingly. Obviously, what by my – by making it, I mean making the playoffs because one of these teams, unfortunately, has to make the playoffs. Hey. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. We're going to break down all four of them today, starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who really took a full 180 turn from last year because heading into the last last season, we were all like, oh, the Bucks have zero weaknesses. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, yada, yada, yada. This team is absolutely stacked. Um, let's just say it's not – that's not the case this year. This team is going to be pretty terrible. Uh, Todd Bowles was a massive failure last year at head coach. Todd Bowles is someone that I really like, and I thought he did a good job in, with, when he was with New York with the Jets. But obviously that success is not exactly carried over in Tampa Bay so far. He was a good coordinator for the Bucks when they were under the Arians. But so far, Bowles has not done a fantastic job as the head man. Baker Mayfield is going to be the team's quarterback. 
this year. He is my QB 28. A quick note on the QB rankings, by the way. I said last last week that Ryan Tannehill is my QB 27. That's incorrect. He's my QB 26, so a slight mistake right there. But anyway, Baker's my QB 28. Had a really injury-riddled season in Cleveland a couple of years ago that he's hopefully going to be able to bounce back from. This year in Tampa Bay had a like a few good games with the Rams last year. So now he's signed out, signed out with Tampa Bay to be their quarterback. We'll see how it works. Kyle Travis is the backup, and we'll see if he gets an opportunity. At receivers, this team is still actually fine. They got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two of the best receivers in football. Chris Godwin, a top 10 receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. Field. So the Bucks should be fine there. Russell Gage is also a pretty good player. The offensive line was one of the best in the NFL for a long time, but – not so much anymore. Tristan Wirfs is pretty awesome. I like Matt Filer. Ryan Jensen's coming back from injury. But that right side of the line at the guard and the tackle spot, Cody Motch and uh, Luke Getty, it's not looking good at all. Um, Cameron Britt retired, so they got nothing to tight end. Uh, Rashad White's going to be the starting running back for this team. Um, I think you'll like him if you're in fantasy. He was decent, but I don't really see much for him beyond that. Um, Moving on to the defense, it's also massively regressed. Uh, you got Kalijah Canty, the rookie from Pittsburgh, on the defensive line. But Vita Vea at nose tackle, one of the best nose guys in the NFL. Uh, it should be that once again. Off the edge, you got Tro- Joe Tryon, the first-round pick from last year, and Shaq Barrett at the other edge. Try- uh, Barrett, excuse me, signed an extension not too long ago with Tampa Bay. He should be really good there. Uh, Devin White, one of the most overrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, was pretty good to start his career, but has fallen off in a pretty dramatic way since then. But Levante David is still in the middle as well, and he should be really good. Uh, your corners are Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis on the outside. Two very good players right there. And Zion McCollum, I think, is an underrated player in the slot. And for safeties are Antoine Winfield and Ryan Neal. Winfield is one of the best safeties in football. Uh, so, yeah. This Bucks team, obviously not nearly as star-studded as, as the fans are used to at this point. It's going to be a pretty rough season for them overall. And, yeah, let's just move on to what I think Jake or Brent has to say on the Bucks. Brent, what's your record prediction and overall take on them? Do we think the uh, – if, if Baker Mayfield has any sort of success in Tampa Bay, do we think that the State Farm commercials come back? I want okay. the Baker State Farm commercials to come back. Those are pretty – Pretty solid. They were my favorite State Farm commercials, the ones where he ran around the the Brown Stadium. Yeah, I like those. Oh, um, record prediction. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I knew. I knew what I was doing. So, pretty much for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have them finishing at a respectable seven and ten. Mm. Oh, could wow. be could be a little high. It might be a little high, but at the end of the day, you have to play six games in your division. And this is this is the division that I think is the worst in football. Um, I think that this is the scenario where they do end up being the worst in football. And when you have to play teams that are also in this division, I won't name names yet because this is the first team I don't want to give away who I think will be bad or good. Um, I have them finishing four and two in the division. Which tells you all you need. Which tells wow. you all you need to know. Um, 
this is a bad division, and I think that the Bucks pull out four wins. That's four of their seven wins. Um, What's their placement the in the division? Second. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have them second. I have them second in the division. Their other three wins, besides division foes, um, are against the likes of Indianapolis, uh, Tennessee, and uh, they beat. Sorry. I'm having a little trouble finding it here. They get a win. Yeah, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and I don't know why I can't find the other one, but you get the gist. It's not a very impressive. It's not a very impressive resume. Um, it's not like they have a hard schedule by any means. I don't feel like they do get the. They just want a good team. What? <laughs> They're just not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're a little bit too high on them. Um, they yeah. finished eight and nine last year with Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time. I got them finishing five and twelve this year, twelfth in the conference, two and four in the division. They are going to be one and eight versus winning teams, one and seven versus playoff teams, and four and four versus losing teams. Fourth in the division for me, bringing up the rear, two and four in the division. Um, some wins I have them getting are against the Chicago Bears. I got them beating the Atlanta Falcons, so I got them splitting there. I got him taking home a win against the Texans on the road. Um, I got him taking one against Indianapolis and then New Orleans. Um, so that should wrap it up at five. I was sort of split on six and 11 and five and 12. But this is, I mean, this is the worst team in the division. I think that's pretty simple to say for me. Really? Obviously, stacked offense. I like Mike Evans. I like Chris Godwin. But again, this team was not much to talk about until Tom Brady got there. And now you replace him with Baker Mayfield. I mean, Jameis Winston was there before him, and they, they were nothing, really, when Jameis Winston was there. Um, so I'm going to have to go with a 5-12 and 12 record. Again, solid offense, some key guys on defense, but I don't think it comes together. I think we're going to see a little bit of a Ram situation where we had one year talking really high about him, and the next season we're talking about him getting three or four wins. I do I do have them going 1-7 against playoff teams, though. So I'm, I am agreeing with you on that. And if you want to pull the Rams, I also have them going 7-10. and 10. So – Perfect, Alrighty. perfect. Uh, All right, we're good. Yeah, go for it, Roman. Yeah, I didn't know if Brent was still saying something. Uh, yeah, this team blows. Let's just say it. This team is trash. Uh, I got them at four and thirteen, which is good yep. for last in the NFC South. Uh, good for also thirteenth overall in the NFC. They go four and four at home, zero and nine on the road, three and three in the division, zero and six versus winning teams, and one and six versus playoff teams. That one win oddly enough, comes from the division winner in the NFC South. So that should just tell you what I think of this division overall. Um, Hopefully they bring back the creamsicle uniforms. If they do that, maybe they buy an extra win. Did y'all see that hype video that they made for it? It was so dumb. I hated it. It was so obnoxiously long. I I just didn't get on top of it. I didn't like it. We need the creamsicle uniforms. This team will go... 17-0 17-0 and 0 if they you have any for those. Yeah, but we don't need a five-minute hype video to reveal uniforms. It just, I just hated it. It was stupid. Just post pictures, NFL teams out there. If you're listening, post pictures on your Twitter and be done. Do not post hype videos. I think it's stupid. Y'all made me doubt myself. Uh, I don't know. It gives the youngins a good opportunity to show off their film skills. Looks. And editing. <laughs> Roman, walk us through the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans. New Orleans. What's up? Y'all made me doubt myself, and I'm folding under pressure. 
Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I'm not Brent changing his opinion in the middle of the podcast. Unlike someone on the other side of the pool, I can change my opinion if I'm wrong. So, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm dropping a, a couple of divisional games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, one on the road against Carolina and one on uh, the road against uh, Atlanta. So, 5-12, and 12, but they're still second in the division. So. There you go. All right, I have a little exercise before we get to the New Orleans Saints. I think that we can predict who has the Saints with the best record by seeing who can pronounce New Orleans in their best Louisiana accent. Whoever has the best accent, I'm just going to guess, has the best record. So let's go for it. Brent, how would you say New Orleans if you were in uh, lower Louisiana? New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> All right, Roman, what you got? I have to do a Louisiana accent? Yes. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> All right, I'll go. New Orleans. Who's the best? I don't know. I think it was Brent. We're, we're talking. Like, we're, we're, we got to wait to talk about him, don't we? I know, but I, I think Brent's going to have the best record for the Saints. That's just my prediction. I think that that, that accent was crazy. Well, let's see if oh it's justified in that opinion. Uh, this New Orleans Saints team is mid. We'll just say that. It's pretty mid. I think we saw how much it needed Sean Payton last year when he was not there. Dennis Allen is not nearly as good. Uh, without Sean Payton's offensive genius – the Saints team is not nearly as effective on, uh, obviously, the offensive side of the ball. But somehow they got worse defensively as well, despite the fact that Dennis Allen was there. I mean, the Saints have a good culture. They have good players. But the coaching right now just isn't exactly there, which is going to hold back this team. Derek Carr, who I really like as a quarterback, is my QB 15 heading into the year. I've always been a big, a big fan of Derek Carr. I love the way he carries himself both on and off the field. and I think he's a good football player as well. Good acquisition for the Saints team because, obviously, they needed somebody a bit more consistent than Jameis Winston to get it done, who is still the backup on this team. Uh, we'll see the car era in New Orleans. Work. Jay Painter is also third string on this team. He's a rookie that was drafted. He was notable, a guy who a lot of people thought was slept on in draft boards. But anyway, Alvin Kamara, though, is going to be the future player on this offensive tailback. He's been great since basically the moment he stepped foot on – on the field in the NFL, that should continue, even though he is very injury-prone and has dealt with various controversies off the field. But when he is playing football and on the field and not dealing with controversies, he is a very dynamic weapon. Not exactly the best bell cow back, if you will, but he just, just provides a lot of value in the passing game, which just makes that offense so much more dynamic. Hopefully Michael Thomas is able to stay healthy this year because if he is, the Saints offense may be one of the better ones in the league. Uh, but if he's not, uh, that offense and potential is very, very limited. Even though Chris Olave was a great player last year and should do very well again this year. Uh, Trevor Penning is a good player at tackle for this team. Uh, this, off- this whole offensive line is pretty good. You also have Andres P. Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and the best of the bunch at right tackle is Ryan Ramchek. A pretty good Solid unit, the front five, if you will. Juwan Johnson, who Jake just loves, apparently, the tight end for this team. Like, Jake is the biggest Juwan, Rob, or Juwan Johnson fan ever. <laughs> yeah, Juwan I just drafted him in fantasy. That, that doesn't mean I think he's great. I no, just think no, he's no, a, you, you gave he's a sleeper. How Juwan Johnson was going to have this breakout season and be one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I think he'll finish top seven. 
in tight end rankings. Is that impressive, though? Yeah, That's it not, is. No, Devon Johnson. You're acting like he's going to be the next Darren Waller or something. No, Darren ben, Waller has sucked the last two years. Let's finishing be honest. Juwan Johnson, man. No, Darren Waller's just gotten finishing hurt. Finishing seventh as – He's just gotten hurt. Finishing as the seventh Waller, best tight no. end in fantasy football is not impressive. I'm sorry. How? How is because, that – like, would you like having Juwan on your team? No. Why? Because it's, the, tier list goes, the tier list goes – Travis. as far as fantasy goes, it goes Travis Kelsey, tier – Mark Andrews, and then some one-off tight end for the week, tier, and then pretty much every, yeah, George Kittle there. Mike Andrews, George Kittle, tier, and then pretty much anybody else who can score ten points. Okay, okay, just listen to this: sixty-five yards, five or sixty-five targets, five hundred eight yards, seven touchdowns with Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston last year. How many Derek games? Thomas play? Who's always like throwing to tight ends? I mean, I don't how many, know. How many games did Michael Thomas play? I mean zero, but like that means right. worse people are guarding Juwan and Amanda Mann. So who how knows? many? Who, who who's finally gonna get the targets he deserves from a quarterback who will throw deep shots to him? Chris Olave. <laughs> we'll see about that. Keep it up, Ron. Defensively, this team is pretty mid, to be honest. Once again, this whole team is mid, like I just said. Jordan uh, Cameron Jordan is still this team's best defensive player, probably coming off of the edge. Um, Pete Werner's a pretty good player, very good run stopper, uh, just a very consistent tackler. Demario Davis has been one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL for a long time. Uh, again, also a tenacious run defender, also provides a little bit of value in the pass coverage game, though, as well. Uh, secondary, you have Paulson Debo, Marshawn Lattimore, and Bradley Roby at your corners. Bradley Roby will be playing in the nickel slot role. Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best corners in the NFL. And obviously, Paulson Debo is not too shabby himself. And the safety unit is also really good. You have Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. But the front four, you just don't have much to mention there. You're not going to have a lot of pass rush, quite frankly. And again, like I say all the time, if you don't have pass rush, your defense just isn't going to be good in today's NFL because regardless of how good the corners and the safeties are, uh, these wide receivers are just too good to cover for more than like two or three seconds most of the time. You have to get pressure on the quarterback if you want to succeed defensively in today's league, and this New Orleans team will not be very efficient in doing so. So, yeah, I think the Saints team is, they're going to persevere. They're going to push through. Um, we'll, they're going to contend for the division. Uh, we'll see if I have them winning it or not in a second, I suppose. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not very high on the Saints team either. I'll start with the New Orleans Saints for this one. Um, I've got them no finishing 6-11. and 11. 10th in the conference. Um, let's see, 3-3 three and three in the division. I'm not – I mean, I was higher on this team last year. I think I remember finishing – or having them finish at, like, 9-8. and eight. Um, Y'all had them around the 7-10, and 6-11 and 11 range. And y'all are right. I was a little bit too high on them. Um, I like the roster top to bottom. We didn't get much out of Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara had his issues as well. So, I kind of got let down by that. Uh, but this New Orleans Saints team is going to get some wins in the division because I think this division – Kind of like we talked about the AFC South is going to absolutely beat each other up. Two and five against winning teams, four and six against losing teams, just going to take advantage of those weaker teams on the schedule. Um, I got them taking one against Tennessee. I got them taking one against Tampa Bay. Uh, let's see. I got Chicago in here. I got the Panthers. I got the Rams. And I got the Falcons. So all six, all six games you can see, okay, I think the Saints have a shot. Um, I think there's one they could potentially pull away from another team. Because, again, I, I do think this is an underrated offense. Um, but, yeah, not super-duper high on this team, um, just in general. Again, not super high on this division at all. 
Um, but again, I like guys like Juwan Johnson. I like guys like Chris Olave. Chris Olave could have an absolute breakout season this year. And you also got Jamal Williams back there. Jamal Williams was a great one-two punch for DeAndre Swift last year. I really expect I really expect a really high red zone completion percentage um, as far as touchdowns go. I think they'll have a really high touchdown rate in the red zone. Um, so yeah, I think once they get down there, they're in. But I don't think they'll get in the red zone very often, seeing as how, as Roman said, mid this team is top to bottom. Yeah. So I did the least amount of research on the Bucks, which is why I was so waffly on them. So I'm glad that you guys um, made me feel bad because because of that switch uh, I made uh, a couple minutes ago. The, it helped the Saints out. They tied for second in the division, which they win the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay in this case. Uh, I have them finishing 5-12, and 12, um, good enough for 11th in the conference. So me and Jake are right around the same um, area. I have them finishing 1-5 and five versus winning teams, 4-7 and seven versus losing, so pretty much the same thing as Jake, 1-5 um, and five versus playoff teams. 4-2 um, and two in the division, taking over for what Tampa Bay was. Um, but games I have them winning is I have them taking one against, I mean, Carolina. They get one against Green Bay, um, as well as uh, two against Carolina and then against Tampa Bay and one against Atlanta. Um, so again, this team, like this team has a lot of like decently good offensive weapons. Like I think Chris Olave could be incredible. Like Jake said. Michael Thomas, when healthy, is great. And Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the league when he is healthy. Um, but really, they're just limited. Like like Jake and Roman have both now said, they're mid. Um, and this conference is kind of – this division is kind of going to beat e- the, each other up, kind of like the AFC South. But uh, I don't know what else to say besides the fact that they're extremely mid. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best word to describe the it. Mid-New Orleans Sa- the yeah. Mid-New Orleans Saints. Yes, so, the 11th in the conference. Like, they're not a great team, but they're going to win more than three or four games. Like, they have really good guys that you would expect to be on a team that's a lot better than they really are. Yeah. Like, you, you hear the names Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave, and you're like, wow, those are Cam four really good offensive weapons. Yeah. I wonder this team should be really, really good. And then you're like, oh, but there's more than just four guys that it takes to win football games. Right. This team goes from one of the best offensive in offenses in the league to Yep. Kind of like the Rams last year. So Jake, Roman, I got some thoughts? good news for you, man. I got some good news. You yeah. do not have them winning the division. You get to watch your favorite football player, Jawan Johnson play football for one extra game. You're kidding me. Because the New Orleans Saints are going to win this division You're with an 8-9 and nine record, <laughs> finishing fourth in the NFC, obviously, uh, that division win. Uh, They'd probably be like 10th or something without the division win. Uh, they go 6-2 and two at home, 2-7 two and seven on the road. Uh, they go 3-3 three and three into the division, 7-5 uh, in conference play, 6-7 and seven versus – Losing teams, two and two versus winning teams, one and two versus playoff teams. They have a pretty easy schedule, which is probably why they end up winning the division, to be honest. Or because again, I'm just not very high on this team, but uh, I just predicted the games and they came out as the division winner. It it, it really comes down to that. Again, I think Derek Carr is this division's best quarterback, and I think that plays a big part in it, too. Um, Not a big fan of this New Orleans team, but uh, they get the lovely privilege of being smashed in the first round by. (laughs) whoever they play. 
<laughs> by a wild card. I am offended. I'm deeply offended. I got all the red how and black can, over here, and you picked our be, rivals. How can you be offended at the fact that this division sucks? Because the Falcons are a way better team top to bottom than New Orleans. You are they are playing, way better. They're way better. The, you're playing in the cakewalk. New Orleans the third quarterback. They run game somehow. The better no, offensive should, no, they do not. No, they do not. They're that better. I should figure out. They do not have a better running game. How can we were top three in rush yards last year? How can you say that they have a better running game if Bijan Robinson hasn't even played a game yet? He might not even top three without (laughs) Bijan. How? But that's only because the linemen ran every play. Huh? That's only because the Falcons ran every play. So (laughs) we're not a great passing team. We're a great running team. That's just how it works. You have and how Tyler Algier ran for over a thousand yards last year. How'd that work out for the Falcons? They won like six games. No, we were seven and ten, one game from the division win. Like and you're we were close. You may get one more win. <laughs> but uh, no, Roman, but man, you, you get to watch your favorite football player in the entire NFL. Bijan is my favorite NFL player, and he hasn't even taken a snap. He hasn't even played a snap. Hey, y'all are saying the same thing about Mechie last week, dude. He didn't even play a snap either, and y'all are calling all high on him. So, yeah, I, I because like Bijan came back. Mechie no, 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 no you like Jawan. What did what did <laughs> what did Bijan Robinson do? Bijan is the future of a running back in the NFL. He is the mold you need. But and that's let's, go ahead. All <laughs> let's go ahead and look at the Carolina Panthers, Roman. Walk us through it. Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that Falcons going last had nothing to do with you choosing the order of which the the division was laid hey, out. Hey, right. Also, also, I forgot to say the New Orleans Saints are third in the division. Tampa Bay is fourth. So that's that's what I'm looking at right now. I mean, I think it, Carolina in second. <laughs> no, no. All right. In a couple of years, I think the Panthers are going to be the bona fide best team in this division. I think that's pretty clear. But right now, they're super young, have a lot of development left to do, still a lot of holes left to fill. So it's going to be kind of a learning curve for them, if you will. Frank Reich, though, was a pretty decent hire as their head coach. It just didn't really work out for him in Indianapolis. But I'm a big Frank Reich fan. I like what he does. He's a good play caller. Um, and I, we'll see what happens now that he's out of that uh, horrendous culture that is the Indianapolis Colts. Hey. Uh, but sure. Bryce Young is this team's quarterback, and I expect him to have a pretty good rookie season overall. He's my QB 22 heading into the year. Nice. The fact that he's just a court, that he is just a rookie. Uh, that's how high I am on both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is right above him at QB 21, as you learned last week. Uh, but anyway, just – Panthers team is very interesting, though. I really thought that going into my predictions, I thought the Panthers were going to end up being the team that were going to win it, but ultimately the Saints came out as that winner. But still, the Panthers are pretty good. Uh, Miles Sanders is this team's, uh, I guess, bell cow running back, even though there isn't really a true bell cow on this team, more so of a running back by committee type of situation. Uh, receivers, very interesting. Uh, DJ Chark is probably the, this team's best receiver. Adam Thielen, though, has been brought in from Minnesota. Uh, we'll see how he does in his first season oh, that isn't at Minnesota Viking Purple. Terrace Marshall is also a pretty good player. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss is a pretty decent addition. Lavisca Chenault. I mean, that's a pretty loaded receiver room overall, but doesn't exactly have that one true number one guy, in my opinion, even though I think Thielen is going to have a pretty good season. Um, offensive line needs some work. Uh, Kim Aquanu is, I believe, a second-year player now from North Carolina State. 
but the interior needs some work. Bradley Bozeman's probably your be- probably your best player there. But you do have Taylor Moulton still at the other tackle after all these years, so that should be fine. Hayden Hurst is his team's tight end. He's a pretty good weapon, though, overall at the tight end position, even though uh, his best day from Baltimore are pretty far behind him at this point. Uh, defensively, though, is where this team really needs the most work. It just is not a good defensive team overall. Uh, Derek Brown is the best player on the defensive line at defensive tackle. Each uh, group, uh, Gross Matos, though, is a pretty good player. Yeah, he is. On the, on the edge, even though the best edge runner – Edge, edge rusher on this team is Brian Burns. He's fantastic. I love that. What's an edge rusher? <laughs> Brian Burns is great. Um, Jack Thompson, pretty underrated player. Still has been for all this time, all these years. Good player overall. I love me some J.C. Horn, man. J.C. Horn is awesome. What a fantastic player. I love J.C. Horn. Uh, he was my favorite corner. Talk about him, bro. Talk. The Raiders. What are we talking about the Raiders? The Raiders were like three weeks ago. Okay, sorry. What are we – Go for it. <laughs> I'm confused now. Anyway, J.C. Horn was my favorite corner in his draft class over Patrick Sertan. And I think that could still come to fruition if he realizes his full potential and is able to stay healthy beyond this year. Uh Dante Jackson knows another good corner. Jeremy Chen is going to be playing the slot for this team, which is really interesting. We'll see how that works. And your safeties are Xavier Woods and Von Bell. Again, top to bottom, this team probably has the best roster of anybody in the division. But, again, it's just super young right now. A lot of things still need to work out and still some holes left to fill. And, again, that defense does need to get a lot better at this point. But I do like the Panthers team a decent bit. I expect it to make some noise this year. It's not going to be the bottom feeder that it's been over the last – few years but overall I have Carolina at 6 and 11 which is going to be good for second in the division ninth overall in the NFC oh my gosh. they go 3 and 3 you're kidding me in the division and, and yeah I mean, Carolina I think is in for a pretty good season for their standards they go 5 and 3 on one day on the road Three and three in the division, one and seven versus winning teams, five and four versus losing teams, and one and six versus playoff teams, four and eight overall in conference <laughs> play. So, yeah, this Panthers team, again, I like it. It should be the best team in the division within two years, but right now it, it's got some work to do. Right. Uh, well, I, I have another team finishing five and 12. Um, I have Carolina also finishing five and twelve in the NFC South because this division is poo poo. Um, <laughs> I have I have, I, I really have the Saints at eleventh in the conference, the Buccaneers at twelfth, and the Panthers at thirteenth. All five and twelve. Panthers are two and four in the division, four and six versus losing teams, one and six versus winning teams, one and six versus playoff teams, and they go one and eight on the road. Um, so it, it's, I mean, they have potential, but it's, it's still going to be a pretty, a pretty rough go for Panthers fans. They had a long fall from grace after making it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long, it's been a long fall from grace, but, uh, Panthers are the bottom feeders of the division just sheerly by the fact that they won the least amount of divisional games. 
So that shows you how bad this division is. Um, second place in the division is five and twelve, and so is fourth. So, so uh, yeah, go Panthers. Uh, uh, mad at me. Roman has the Falcons third in the division. Third. 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 What's wrong Maybe. with that? Are you serious? Third. Okay. Yeah, like I'm still mad at y'all. I got the Panthers eight and nine this year. I got the Panthers having the best divisional record at four and two. Roman, you said they're going to be good. Just let them be good now. Like the Texans, let them be good now. Eight and nine overall, ninth in the conference. Seven and ten. Four and two in the division. Six and six in conference. Seven and one versus losing teams. They will beat all the bad teams that they play. I really, really, really like Bryce Young. I think that he is a perfect quarterback to step into this offense with some. I think for a guy for a team that's picking first overall. This is some pretty good wide receivers that they brought in for him. As you talked about, Adam Thielen, wide receiver two last year for the Vikings, who finished 13-4, and four, made it to the uh, playoffs with a decent record, better than they've had in a long time, which Roman doubted the Vikings last year, but uh, Thielen and the, and the crew proved him wrong. EJ Chark has had a little bit of a journey himself. He was okay in Detroit, okay in Jacksonville, and now he's going to be okay for the Panthers. I think it'll be fine, though. I think – Loki LaVisca Chenault could be wide receiver one for this team by the end of the season. I'm that high on this guy. If he can stay healthy, he's got the speed to where if Bryce Young can get it to him, I think a lot of these slant routes that he's going to be running are going to be really working for this team. But overall, if LaVisca Chenault ends up wide receiver one for this team, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall running out the outside as well, I think they're going to be fine. Also brought in Demir Bird from the Falcons who had a decent run. Jonathan Mingo as well from Ole Miss, as he talked about. Hayden Hurst had a decent year last year in Cincinnati, came from Atlanta, um, but I think he'll be fine as well. But I'm a little bit higher on this Panthers team. I, I had them finishing 5-12, and 6-11 and 11 after I did my full thing, but I was like, you know what? They finished 7-10 and 10 last year, and in my opinion, they only got way better. So why would I have them getting worse? So that's kind of what I did there. So they'll be finishing ninth in the conference, which I think is a pretty solid ranking, seeing as how they have absolutely sucked since Cam Newton left. So, yeah. Panthers at uh, second in the division. Uh, not since Cam Newton left because he came back. <laughs> All right. Well, they also sucked when he came back, but <laughs> exactly that's what I'm saying. Since he left, he, <laughs> right. he came back. I got, I got two. Back and they suck. I got two things right now. Number one, we all know that Jake's about to have the free fucking <laughs> something like that. Just, I can just feel it. And number it's two, the NFC North is next week, but I'll just say this. I was not wrong about the Vikings last year. I was not. Yes, you yes, were. The Vikings, yes, you, you said were. the Packers are going to win. It's Aaron Rodgers. That's all they need. No, no, no. no, no, no. Again, let, let me explain. The Vikings were like the luckiest team of oh, all time. Oh, my goodness. If I want to shoot you. If they had average luck, they wouldn't have With been nearly gun. as good. Oh, my God. If they had Isn't average luck? luck, they would have Are you talking about that Bills game? Is that the only game you're talking about? Dude, is Every it luck to come back? They came back. Closed down they the came back that didn't mean they're lucky. Down. That means Kirk Cousins is clutch. They, they, they just clutch. <laughs> they, they had to convert like a fourth and 18 to beat the Bills. They had to come back from down like 30-something points to beat the Colts. And lo and behold, I still that pick them to lucky. lose to the Giants in the wild card round. Y'all laughed at me for that. Look what happens. You said they'd go like nine and eight, eight and nine. They finished thirteen and four, and they beat the and Packers. won the division. We were telling you all year the Packers ain't got it. They ain't got it. They suck. He does not play well with rookie wide receivers. 
was wrong about the Packers for sure, but I was not wrong about the Vikings. They just got a lot luckier than I could have possibly anticipated them getting. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. the best wide uh, receiver again. You got lucky with the best wide receiver. Yeah, just like in the, the Ravens got lucky when you had them sucking last year and they made the playoffs. Kind we of the same we will thing. talk more about the Minnesota <laughs> week in our <laughs> NFC North preview, but our last NFC South team is obviously Jake's pride and joy. Woo! who are led by Arthur Smith, who is far and away the best part of this team because <laughs> the players that he has right now are not exactly the best. But oh because Arthur Smith is there, um, the Falcons are going to be a lot more respectable than they otherwise would be. Uh, Desmond Ritter is this team's quarterback. I'm not a big fan of him. He was a third-round pick two years ago, and – Maybe it'll work out, but more likely than not, it will not. I have him as my QB thirty-one heading into he's, the season. He's played four games. Just why he's, he's two and two as a starter. QB thirty-one, baby. <laughs> QB thirty-one, Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's going to be awesome, but again, this running game is one of the better ones. So that's why the Falcons will be able to remain afloat. I think Bijan Robinson is due for a prime breakout season here in his rookie year. I don't think he was worth a top ten pick, but. He's going to be great. Um, Tyler Algier, though, is still here. Cordero Patterson, who Jake tried to insultingly offer for me in a fantasy trade the other day, is going to be. Oh, way my gosh, Jake. That was not the trade you sent him. There's no way. He tried to trade to Cordero Patterson for Isaiah Hodgins. Jake. <laughs> no. I, okay, Brent, who is Isaiah Hodgins? He's a wide receiver. For who? The Giants? Okay, good job. Good job. C- congratulations. That was not yeah. the first trade I offered. Did I really? Did I, I really offer you Van right? Jefferson. I offer you Van Jefferson. Isaiah Hodges is better than I got that right? Yeah, you got that right. Oh, let's go, dude. I am I am cracked. Somebody hey. give me props. Hey, you're I learning about the NFL. Congratulations. 95, no, I hey, know fantasy. 95% of people don't know who Isaiah Hodges is, but when you play a 20 team fantasy league, you know who Isaiah Hodges is. That's just <laughs> a. But, yeah, Bijan should be uh, this team's feature back and will be very good in that role. Uh, receivers, I mean, you have Drake London. Cool. If and he he's doesn't, okay. He's, he's good. Like, yeah, but, like, other than him, who do you got? Dog, you guys might have the worst receiver in the league. Can I, can I take the, over? You can't, you can't do this without giving your opinion. Can I take over on the breakdown? No, no, Please, I am no. breaking it down right now. Roman does the breakdown. Just say Drake London, top ten pick. No, you said Drake London. He's okay. He's okay. That's what he said about so like. When Offensive he talked about Michael Thomas, he said if he could get on the field. Nobody. A tight end is Kyle Pitts. They used him horribly last year. Maybe he's better this year. They need him to be up to the thing. Because I'm breaking down the Steelers. If, if Kyle Pitts. No, I'm it, breaking down the Steelers. Me and Raman got Kyle beat. Isn't this team's receiving leader? Something has gone wrong. I'll just say that. Uh, defensively, this team's actually going to be all right. The defensive line's pretty good. You have Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, and Grady Jarrett, which is a pretty good front three, if you will. But this team's not going to have, again, a pass rush because their edge rushers blow. You have Bud Dupree <laughs> and Lorenzo Carter. Jake is they're they're not bad. Right now. Bud Jake Dupree nothing without right another elite guy on the other side. Bud Dupree had a, had one good season in Pittsburgh when T.J. Watt was on the yeah. other side. When he went to Tennessee and was without T.J. Watt the next year, he sucked. Of course, of course he has to make it about the Steelers. Because it's, Bud Dupree is a former Steeler. I have to mention his time in Pittsburgh. I have yeah. to. 
Um, AJ Terrell's awesome. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. Thank you. Um, Jeff Okuda failed in Detroit. We'll see if he's able to bounce back in Atlanta. Mike Hughes comes in from uh, Detroit as well. Former UCF corner who is best known for his uh, kick return. War on I-4. That game was pretty epic. Mike Hughes' NFL career has not been epic so far. <laughs> you brought in Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Yeah, baby. <laughs> he'll be really good. And Richie Grant will play the in-the-box strong safety row role. And we haven't even mentioned the guy who just might be the best player on this football team, and that's Young Way Koo, baby. <laughs> one of the better pickers in the league in all series. Uh, uh... Very reliable. But I, would you know, I just don't like this Falcons team. I think it has a lot of holes in a lot of spots. You got nothing at, on offense except a really good running back, uh, one receiver that hasn't played a tight end that isn't being used correctly. And defensively, this team isn't bad. But again, it's not going to have any pass rush at all unless Grady Jarrett becomes something that he's never been in this entire career. Oh come on! Pass rushing defensive tackle. Grady Jarrett's always he's always been a great run stopper, uh. but. He's not Aaron Donald. He's not. I love this. He's not, he's not Chris Jones. He's not gonna. Roman gave find a way to pass rush. He might as well just give his record. I mean, Roman, give your record. You want, want me to, to give the record again. for the Falcons? Yes, I want you to talk and then shut up. Jeez, man, <laughs> this is disrespectful. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You act like you act like they're this much better than what Roman's about to say. Go All right, we got. Okay, you really want me to give my record for the Falcons right now? Yes. All right. I have I have Atlanta going six and eleven. Yeah, they're which not is that good much better. A third in the NFC South, eleventh overall in the NFC. They go four and four at home, two and seven on the road. This team actually starts zero and five, but they <laughs> but they bounce back in the they latter do. half of the season. They win four of five. Boy, do they bounce back! This is going to be a much better team in the second half of the season, in my opinion. They go three and three in the division, five and seven in conference play, five and six versus losing teams, one and five versus winning teams, and one and four versus playoff opponents. Um, again, I think the Falcons are a team that have a lot of building to do. They need a quarterback, they need more weapons, and they need to get better pass rushers. If they have those things, they're not going to be very good. Brent. I mean, to be fair to Roman, I have him starting one and five, so not much. You're kidding me. Not much better. How? But it gets, but it gets because Jake, I have them losing to the Lions, Jaguars, and Texans, and, and Green Bay. But you know, I. Uh, but they, it does get a lot better than what Roman says. I have the Falcons winning the division. So what? <laughs> It's not. It's not to be. I want to get too happy because they go eight and nine. They're, they're that's all, good. That's good. I'll take it. It's what won the division last year. I'll take it. So eight and nine is two games better than what Roman said. How is that that much worse? And because it's more close to mine. This Falcons. No, the Falcons they, are going to go like twelve and five. And Jake. This Falcons team is peak. Is nine and eight. They're. I don't think they that's can do crazy. any better. They're, they can't do better than nine and eight. This Falcons team cannot do better than nine and eight. Their floor is like three and fourteen. <laughs> this team, this team, like they, they, they just have to think they're like they're, they're thinking they're stars, but the other three teams in this division are absolutely nutcases because because this Falcons team is not like I have them going zero and four versus winning teams, eight and five versus losing teams. So zero and four versus playoff teams, three and six on the road. 
four and two in the division and six and six in the conference and they muster up enough wins. They don't go five and 12 is pretty much what happens. And that's how they win the division. And they, I, I get whoever they play in, in the playoffs in the wild card. I, I don't even know who it is yet, but they're going to get the break speed off of them. I'm telling you right now. Look, Jake, here are my six wins that I have the Falcons getting. I have them beating the commanders in week six. I have them beating the saints. I have them beating the Panthers. I have them beating the Colts. I have them beating the Bucks, uh, the Panthers. Oh, I think I already said those. Oh, I, they beat the Bears. They beat the Bears. Those are my those are my six wins for the Falcons. If I said all six of them. All right, all right. Titans take the why, why the Atlanta Falcons are going thirteen and four. They're gonna go fifteen and two. Be first in the first in the division, first in the conference, first in the NFL. They're gonna be my okay. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna do what Roman did last week. All right, I got a pitch for you guys. Oh, what if I said the Atlanta Falcons are one of the most underrated teams in football this year? What, what would you, you say? Do. You're what wrong. You, say? you already know what we would say. We just gave our opinions on them. <laughs> You're wrong. You know the Atlanta Falcons the are, and you already okay, said the most let underrated. Let him say it. Let him say Panthers. it. The Atlanta Falcons' schedule is garbage. We play a lot of bad teams. Okay, are the Falcons a great roster? I swear, not necessarily. Do they have the double best digit wins? Do they have the best talent? Maybe not. Holy do they have cow. the weakest schedule? Absolutely, they do. The Atlanta Falcons are going ten and seven this year. Oh, you idiot. Fourth in the conference, three and three in the division, nine and three versus losing teams. Oh, whoa, whoa. This team was seven and ten last seven and ten last season with a Marcus Mariota who did nothing in Las Vegas, got kicked out of Tennessee. And then Desmond Ritter came in. They want to give him a shot, two and two. Won his last two games. So Desmond Ritter has a two-game winning streak better than anyone else in the playoffs last year disregarding Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm saying. Because every team besides the the Super Bowl champion has to lose. Hey, Desmond Ritter has one of the longest winning streaks in the NFL right now. That's all I'm saying. Which means he's good, okay? But the thing is – you have, them going 500, go you have them going 500 in the division, but still getting 10 wins. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Can the Falcons – this will give away my prediction for this team. Can the Falcons beat the Packers? Maybe. No. I have no. the Packers winning that game. We beat the 49ers at home last year, so – In an I mean, early season game, it didn't it's matter. possible. It doesn't, Can it we doesn't beat, even goes 500. That's still 8-8, eight and, eight and he has to win that last can game. We beat, <laughs> can we beat the Jaguars on a neutral field? No. No. I disagree. Can we beat oh. the Texans? No. no. Yes, no, we can. Better. <laughs> can we beat the Commanders at home? No. Okay, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have, well, the, I I have the Falcons right. starting out 5-1. and one. Damn. Oh, you <laughs> Losing that three is, straight, losing three straight against Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Minnesota, and you have them, against the Cardinals, the Saints, losing to the Jets, taking the Bucks, L to Carolina, beating Indianapolis, beating Chicago, losing to New Orleans. Like I may, have, I may have one or two wins in there that don't make sense, but I think we we play a lot of really bad teams, and that's why I'm higher on this team. This way, this should have gone should have been like, can the Falcons beat the Lions? No. Can the Falcons beat the Vikings? No. Hey. Can the Falcons beat the Jets? No. <laughs> hey, hey, Brent, I think my pitch was a lot better last week. It definitely was. 
Well, just because you had a partner in your in, in crime over that. there. Yeah, you guys double team me all the time, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, because your did. takes are bad. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's because How you guys they... literally have the same opinions about everything. If they're going to win the division, if they were one game off winning the division last year, then how can they be the most underrated team this year? Because they had Tyler Algiers, their running back, one last year. And he had over 1,000 yards rushing. You still got Cordero. I'm not convinced that Spencer Rattler is going to be better than Marcus Mariota. You don't understand this. Bijan Robinson will not play the running back position as much as people say they will. He will be playing the slot receiver as much as he'll be playing the running back slot. Tyler Algier is a very, very capable running back, especially with an offensive line that's good, which you didn't even talk about. Chris Lindstrom is a top five right guard in the league. Caleb McGarry is getting better. Jake Matthews is – He's top twenty, so he's not great. Dude, he's Caleb McGarry well. sucks. No, he does not. Caleb McGarry, he does not Let suck. Let Baker Mayfield cook. Let Baker Mayfield And Desmond Ritter was a killer in that season against with Cincinnati. Like he's he's good. And if he oh, doesn't wow. work, Taylor he had Heineke, great, the best backup in the last five years, is going to be. He in had there. a wow. So, like, he had a great collegiate season. Wow. How many people can you say that about Marcus Mariota, your QB from last year, who went to the college football playoffs with Oregon? Wow. Championship, but yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. The inaugural college football playoff championship, yeah. I might add. Yeah. Desmond Ritter's what? solid. I like Bijan. Drake London, Mary I think, is a better breakout season. Riddler. One guy, two guys you didn't mention. Matt Collins was really, really sneaky oh, last year up. for the Raiders. He was solid. He's we got a lot of receivers that are big. I will I will give it that. We it's gonna be really Bro, hard to cover both us. They're slot receivers. That's not necessarily true. They can play other positions. So uh, I think we're going to be Play on the outside. Kyle Pitts, a thousand run or thousand receiving yards in his rookie year. You also brought in Jonu Smith. I mean, there's, this team, other than what Roman mentioned, I don't think there's that many glaring holes. Honestly, I think for for how we did last year at seven and ten, we can make up for it. We got some solid wins on the road last year. What are you are you not going to bring up the fact that the Falcons have zero covered linebackers and zero pass rush? Here's how the receiving game for the Falcons is going to go this year. Seven-yard pass, seven-yard pass, deep 22-yard bomb to Drake London that's dropped, a little short slant to Kyle Pitts for two yards, and then Bijan Robinson gets like seven straight, and then we reset and repeat. And Drake you missed London all the running plays. Seven straight. Again, we ran the ball top three out of the league last year and also had top three in rushing yards. Running will not be the problem. It's just can the passing game catch up and can the defense hold off for long enough? I think we got a division champ right here, and we're going to see a playoff berth. That's what I'm thinking. I think Atlanta's back, baby. Wow. Atlanta Atlanta is the most mediocre team to ever win a division in the history of the NFL. Wow. Tampa Bay is. When you guys guys play the first round of the playoffs and get beat by, like, 50, we Hey, right now – the four seed plays the five seed, correct? Yes. I have been playing Seattle in the playoffs. Seattle would lick their chops. Seattle would play. kill Atlanta. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Seattle would lick Seattle's their chops. way better than Atlanta. <laughs> so it's either Seattle or San Francisco that has to play them pretty much. And you and Seattle or San Francisco would lick their chops. Hey, last time we had a franchise running back, we made it to the Super Bowl. We don't have to talk about what happened when we got there, but hey, we made it. We made it. So I think we got a chance to be good this year. But Captain, it's 28 to three. I'm Featuring Jake's two biggest man crushes, Bijan Robinson and Jawan Johnson. <laughs> I'm going to go over my division. Falcons come in first place, fourth in the conference, 10 and seven. 
Carolina Panthers at second, ninth in the conference, eight and nine overall. The New Orleans Saints are third. New Orleans, tenth in the conference, six and eleven overall. Tampa Bay bringing up the rear, twelfth in the conference, and five and twelve overall. Uh, All right, Roman, you got it. Okay, uh, for me, it's New Orleans being the unfortunate team to win this division at eight and nine, which is good, obviously, for fourth in the NFC. Second place goes to Carolina at six and eleven. They finished ninth in the conference. Atlanta is third, eleventh in the conference, six and eleven as well. Bucks bring up the rear at four and thirteen. Last in the division, obviously, and thirteenth in the NFC as a whole. All right, the NFC South. Welcome to the division that every team cannot wait to go play. <laughs> starting, starting with the rear, Carolina fourteenth. In the conference, five and twelve, fourth in the division, thirteenth in the conference, five and twelve, third in the division is the Buccaneers, eleventh in the conference, second in the division, five and twelve, the Saints, and mediocrity at the top. But the way that the NFL is formatted, somehow they get the four seed. Atlanta Falcons still with a losing record at eight and nine, win the division that every team cannot wait to get a trip to play. Uh, well, I don't disagree with you there, but, hey, I like I like the uh, playoff picture for 2023-24 uh, for sure. But, Roman, how was your week, man? Tell us about it. I mean, it got a little worse after I had to listen to you just <laughs> go on, on about how the Falcons are in the Super Bowl this year. Uh. But, overall, this has been a pretty good conclusion sitting out here within the nature and the wilderness of the world, recording an episode of the Men of Hoodies podcast. Uh, uh, let's see. Is there really anything else that you guys want to hear about? I don't, I don't know. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think right now. I'm not the best with these re- recaps. Since I, re- I don't really do too many interesting things from week to week, honestly. I'm a very, very stable person with very consistent things to do. Table's uh, good. It, Table's it, good. It's. I do. I, I wrote some articles. A lot of inter- interesting stuff going on with the Tigers right now. So that caught a lot of my attention this week. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Right. <sighs> well, I uh, went to the driving range a couple of times this week. Uh, that was something. Played some disc golf this week. Played in a tournament uh, against my better judgment because I have no business playing in disc golf tournaments. Um, got tied for second in doubles, so that was that was pretty that was pretty stoking. So that was good. Um, ran seventy five miles this week, so uh, did a lot of running this week, um, and. This earlier this afternoon, if you look out at that wonderful pond that you two can see, a turtle had made its way into my garage, and so I took the liberty of saving that poor turtle and returning it to the lake over yonder. I have videos I can show you. It was quite cute, um, but I was a hero today, um, and turtles have earned a special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you found your pet, Brett. I wish I could have kept him. You could have and taken him to college with you. I know. What would I have named him? Like Sonic? 
Sonic. <laughs> you could have. Uh, yeah, or like, I don't know. Or like Juwan Johnson, just something normal like that. Just name him JSN. Something like that. <laughs> what? If, that's so random. Well, like, because that's John. Like your slot, slot receiver, you know? And then B. John. So, uh, but for me. Name after the best running back history. in NFL history. Right. Um, been prepping a lot for this next week. Going to be serving at a uh, school called Dexter Elementary. Um, serving the kids there. We're putting on a sports camp for them. Um, so basically what that looks like is a bunch of basketball, soccer, football, kickball, and some indoor games. Um, but we'll have an opportunity, which is the most important part of the week, to share Jesus with them. Um, that's what I'm really looking forward to, get to teach on Thursday, um, the final day of our camp, and kind of um, – not kind of, but deliver the word to them um, and see if any of them respond. But uh, if any of you are out there and have the Christian faith, definitely be praying for us this week. Um, we'll definitely need it in the hot sun and a lot of people working on our project, which is great. Um, sometimes it's just difficult to rally all the troops to do something great. But I assume by Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll be chilling and ready to go. Um, but, yeah, it's been a relatively chill week. Uh, yeah, haven't done a whole lot. So, and if the North is next week. Yes, sir. That is the Vikings, the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears. Again, in a pretty bad division. We're getting through most, We're getting through all the bad ones. We're getting to the good ones starting the week after next. But this is not the NFC North is not a bad division. One, one last bad division to go before we get to the they are, they three really heavy. good. They are top heavy. They are not bad. They are yeah. top heavy. NFC North is next week. We're looking forward to that. Absolutely. Anything else before we head out of here, boys? I mean, especially because I'm I'm so ready to listen to Jake talk about why how Justin Fields is going to be a top five quarterback in football this year. He's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. Surprised everybody. Seven in fantasy. That is all I said. Seven. Or maybe six. I think I had him a six. I had Geno seven. Six in fantasy is not unrealistic. It's not. Maybe that would work if he could complete a pass outside of the numbers. <laughs> Whatever. That, that'll be it for the Minnehoes podcast today. Thank you for listening to the entire episode. Thank you for listening to an awful division all the way through. We hope to give you some better divisions. We promise we will as we continue doing this. So continue listening to the Men in Hoodies podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, Men in Hoodies. Check out our Instagram, men.in.hoodies. Also check out the Tiger Blueprint to see all that Roman's been doing over there. Also check out Threads, our new new Instagram, new social media that's out there. We have an account. Go and follow us over there for weekly podcast updates. Yes, thank you for listening to the Men in Hoodies podcast. From Roman Cleary, Brent Lyons, and myself, Jake Stoop, we will see you next week. The water chose me. We did it.